Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. business, self-improvement, and management courses, there are several books that you will continually encounter. Things like, uh, you know, uh, The Art of War by Sun Tzu, or perhaps uh, just as famously, The Prince by Nicola Machiavelli. My name is Ben. My name is Nolan. Ben, your Machiavellian accent was on point. Oh, thank you very much, Noel. Thank you so much. Uh, when you and I have done Italian accents in the past, we have endeavored not to go too far into uh, cartoon land. So it's it's been a day-by-day thing for both of us. Or maybe I was just trying to employ flattery to get you to do what I want. How Machiavellian, indeed. And uh, how could we mention Machiavelli and the Prince without, of course, mentioning uh our own uh, mentor in the lawful evil alignment, super producer Casey Pegram. But he seems so nice. Listen, that so such a delightful sound. How, how can he be such a monster? Well, what is what is a monster really? That depends on perspective. What is a person? Right. What is a question? <laughs> we could go. We could go down this rabbit hole. But instead, let's talk about Machiavelli. Just a little bit. Uh, this this author of The Prince uh, has become, in many ways, synonymous with unethical dealing, right? Uh, wherein all actions are rated as good if they benefit the person committing those actions. Double dealing. Treachery. Schemery. Deceit. Indeed. So you'll find things like uh, this. Uh, the Prince is published in 1532, and you'll find quotes in there such as, a prince never lacks good reasons to break his promises. Mm, what a douche. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we should be, uh, so quick to judge. I'm, I'm on the fence about it because you can see the utility of the book. I, I had to read it in grad school, actually. Well, I'm sure you studied international affairs, and this is something that would certainly come into play with things like diplomacy. I mean, a little healthy subterfuge can go a long way, or a little bit of a healthy flattery could maybe get someone to do exactly what you want without having to strong arm them, make it seem like it was their idea. Mm -hmm, to sort of incept them, as it were. And you and I, in the course of preparing for this episode, discovered that maybe the prince is not as original as we once thought it was. Ah, yes, you've arrived at the topic of today's episode. Let's see if I can get this pronunciation right. It's a little book, a little-known book, and I don't know, I mean, generally little-known, certainly known to some, called the Arthashastra. Well done, Noel. Did I get it? I think you did. I think you did. The Arthashastra. What's this book about? Well, this book... Um, was actually very recently discovered in only like the early 1900s. It had been transcribed from an original copy onto, I want to say, a palm leaf for a series of palm leaves. Isn't that right, Ben? Mm -hmm. And this book, the Arthashastra, was most likely written by a group of authors, but is typically credited to a man named Katilya, who served as an advisor to Chandragupta, who was the ruler of the Iron Age civilization of the Mauryan Empire, which was a vast section of northern India, um, and it was actually one of the earliest ruling societies in the continent of India. Yes, and uh, Kutulia, we believe now, was the pen name for a minister named Chanakya. But as, as Noel points out, this probably wasn't just one person writing. The The text itself is divided into 15 books that function as a, a primer for kings, right? It covers uh, military subjects, political, economic subjects. The, the name uh, Arthashastra, the concept translates to like means of life or worldly success. Pro tip, if you run it through your Google Translate, it will tell you the translation is economics. And I've also seen it written as science of politics or the science of political economy. Those are also pretty commonly accepted translations. Um, but the reason that this gets lumped in with Machiavelli, who is much more well-known comparatively, is that it also dealt with a lot of that kind of shady, subterfuge um, manipulative techniques that Machiavelli dealt with in writings like The Prince. And in addition to things like how to set up a ring of spies and manage your secret agents, mm -hmm. it gives suggestions like a king should fake divine miracles in order to impart a sense of almost uh, – godlike power to his to his subjects mm -hmm. not just credibility but they get into the brass tacks of it and they say you should go to state temples fake a miracle so you'll increase your revenue from pilgrimages so people will get taxed to go see that part where you know you made a statue uh cry milk or something and this is fascinating because the book itself predates the prince by about 1800 years or so and I believe that the uh, copy we found in the early 1900s, we being human civilization, not just Casey and Nolan myself, uh, this was a copy of a copy, 
right? It, it had already existed in some other form. So we know that this book was valuable enough to be transcribed. And it's a really unsentimental read. You can find free translations of it online. You can download the PDF and, and check it out firsthand. But in this, in the Arthashastra, Katilia openly writes about stuff like assassinations, when you should kill your family members, uh, and as Noel said, how to manage secret agents. Also, when is it useful to violate a treaty? Yeah, anytime it suits you. <laughs> right, right. Uh, this, this draws comparisons, of course, to the prince because it is seen as intensely amoral, right? Lacking morals. And it, it makes me think of, um, are you, you're familiar with D and D, right? Dungeons and Dragons sure. and stuff. So there's this concept of alignments that go either from good to evil or lawful to chaotic. Mm -hmm. And this counts as uh, lawful evil, which also, you know, I think is the alignment of the quister. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who also is in real life, actual facts, a dungeon master. I believe. Is he? Mm -hmm. I could see it. I mean, he has a dungeon. And he <laughs> is the master of it. That's where he dwells. <laughs> oh, man, he might be in. He might be in the studio now and we don't know. He is such a creature. But he will he will eventually return. If this is your first time tuning in and you're thinking, Ben, Noel, Super Producer Casey, who is this quister you talk about? Just stick a stick around in one episode or another. It'll be time. Oh gosh. I feel like maybe we're I know we're sort of whistling in a graveyard here, but maybe by talking about it he won't show up this episode. Anyway, back to Cotillia. There are actually quite a few pretty serious differences between his writings and Machiavelli, right? Yeah, this is something that you and I were uh, chopping it up about, and you brought up a point um, that, that I feel that I feel is pretty observant, and, and I would agree with, which is that you see this as more of a, I don't know, would you say a slightly better moral character to this work? It does feel that way. Um, it certainly doesn't seem to lean quite as heavily on that deceitful manipulation that Machiavelli was so fond of. See, I think, I think that's a valid point. It's strange because people still seem somewhat divided on this. You know, there are some people who will prefer one over the other or feel like one is maybe less unethical. <laughs> I, I feel like I can't say more ethical, less unethical. It's actually a uh, favorite book of Henry Kissinger. In uh, his work, World Order, he refers to this ancient Indian treatise as something that lays out the requirements of power and the dominant reality in politics. Yeah, and you were mentioning to me off air that this um, kind of combines the ideas behind Confucianism and legalism into sort of this hybrid, very functional philosophy of governing. It even goes so far as to set up kind of a schedule for a ruler um, that, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a snippet of. I think this is great. So in your first 90 minutes of the day at sunrise, uh, you, the ruler, should go through the various reports and documents and, you know, write checks and sign papers and the like, what have you. Then the second 90 minutes is when you should sort of hold court and allow people to uh, present their grievances to you, um, you know, public audiences, let's call it. Uh, then in the third 90 minutes, have a little breakfast and, um, you know, maybe... Take some personal time. Do some sit-ups, some pull-ups. I know you're fond of doing that, Ben. Have a little bath, a little spa, you know, read a book, 
Whatever. Then we're into the fourth 90 minutes when you get to meet with all of your cabinet and your ministers and the like. Then the fifth 90 minutes is when you should write your letters. Um, and then the last 90 minutes is when you take a lunch, apparently. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a, a late lunch. It's a late lunch, and also it's a pretty demanding schedule. Uh, we found that this bakes in about, what, five hours of sleep? Mm-hmm. I, think. I think roughly four and a half, uh, <laughs> oh, even wow. less than five, yeah. So you really um, have to burn the candle at both ends to be a good leader um, as far as Cotillia was concerned. And this was enormously influential in ancient and classical India, but as a result of invasions and conquests, it disappeared from widespread usage sometime in the 12th or 13th century. So that's, you know, that's the long and short of how we how we lost it, which is a shame because you have to wonder, you know, in the intervening centuries, how knowledge of this text may have changed things, especially, you know, in the centuries before the publication and spread of the prints. Again, these books are related, but they're by no means exactly the same. It's just this is the earlier record espousing this brutal realism that most people associate with Machiavelli. So it's much more an example of parallel thinking than it is uh, somebody ripping off somebody else, right? Yeah, but how Machiavelli would it have been had Machiavelli discovered this book and just not told anyone? Oh, the most. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising, one with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. One thing I thought was really interesting that that we both came across was this idea of the mandala theory, um, which I think is super cool. He, uh, Cotillia lays out um, the idea of the universe as being the mon- a mandala, a series of concentric circles with your particular kingdom or culture in the middle. And then the concentric circle outside of that is your enemy. And the concentric circle outside of that is your enemy's enemy and therefore your friend and so on. And it's just an interesting way of kind of like figuring out alignments. And uh, I thought it was a really cool kind of visual device. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he actually has 12 levels of these concentric circles and gives specific advice um, on how to deal with them according to which part of the mandala you uh, find yourself in. Right. Yeah. This this author, this group of authors is all about list. Depending on the position of a state in these concentric circles of this mandala that Noel just uh, laid out here, very well put, might I add. The author recommends uh, different types of foreign policy. Do you pursue peace? Do you pursue war? Do you pursue neutrality? Do you prepare for war in a public way that signals it to your enemies? Do you seek protection from another state? Or, and this is the, this is the weirdest one, and he writes so openly about this, do you practice duplicity? Do you... <laughs> Do you pursue peace and war at the same time with the same kingdom? Is that sort of a double agent kind of scenario where you're sort of playing both sides? Yeah, totally could. Maybe have some rumors or leaks spread that uh, you're preparing for war or something while you offer a peace treaty. I, I mean, that's complex statecraft. I wonder what would happen. Kind of a false flag scenario, huh? There we go. Yeah, there we go. And we might be making this sound like a supervillain textbook, but what's fascinating about it is it proves a long-standing argument or tenet or position in international affairs, which is that state actors behave rationally and states do not have friends. They have interest. So whatever neck of the global woods you live in, when one of your politicians is telling you that there is a friendship between your country and another country, what that really means is they're cooperating because their interests align. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. And that's why it kind of becomes interesting when you start applying this idea of Machiavellianism to like an individual rather than a state actor, you know, because as it turns out, it's not necessarily the people that behave in these ways isn't because necessarily they've read The Prince or they've read the Arthashastra. Um, it turns out psychologically, certain people are just predisposed to being manipulative. And in the 1970s, a psychologist by the name of Richard Christie, along with his research partner, Florence Geis, developed a test of Machiavellianism called the, wait for it, the Mach 4. I love that name, and I'm so glad that you introduced uh, this test to me, as well as to Casey, and you had the proposal that we all take a version of the Mach 4 test, which is available online. I did. 
and we have not uh, shared our scores with each other, right? We don't know Casey's. He doesn't know ours. We're all we're all kind of in the dark, right? Yeah. And folks, if you want to take this along with us, you can go to openpsychometrics.org slash tests slash M-A-C-H dash I-V. Those are caps, the Mach 4 part. So M-A-C-H dash Roman numeral 4. So there, there are some interesting things about this test. And I'm wondering, I want your take. Do you think we should just tell each other our scores and then uh, talk about the test a little? Or do you think we should talk about the test and then tell each other our scores? Let's talk about the test a little bit. Let's set up what the, you know, let's just give a little introduction to the test. Okay, sure. So this is a a series of, what's it, around 20 questions? That's right. I think it was 20 on the nose. It's 20 questions on the nose. You have five possibilities. These are all questions that ask whether you agree or disagree to a statement or if you remain neutral and to what degree you disagree or agree. Right. That being disagree, slightly disagree, neutral, slightly agree or agree. Um, and again, this test was developed by Richard Christie and Florence L. Geis, and it was released in the 70s. They began their research on it in the 60s, um, and they compiled a list of statements from Machiavelli's various writings, and they put them to you and ask you to weigh in on whether you – which level of agreement or disagreement you have about that idea. And these will have – just to give you a taste of the the statements you'll be reacting to, these are statements such as – Never tell anyone the real reason you did something unless it is useful to do so. That sounds so shady, and it's also kind of vague. Yeah, or one should take action only when it is morally right. Uh, the best way to handle people is to tell them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Or things like uh, it's hard to get ahead without cutting corners here and there. And there are also questions that don't come from the book, too, or statements, rather. Sure. Like, uh, you know, it is possible to be good in all respects. Would you kill a puppy in cold blood? Mm-hmm. Would you kill a puppy in warm milk? Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever your flavor is. So there are also some gut checks from the scientists where they say, are you responding honestly to this quiz? And, of course, it's an honor system. It's, I didn't get that one. You didn't get that one? Oh, wait, because there's the option after you complete the quiz to answer additional questions. Ah, I didn't do that. I never, <laughs> I never, I never go the extra mile with these kinds of things. It's like when I do tech support and they say, would you fill out a short survey after you complete your tech support request? I always decline every single time. I'll usually decline the survey, but if I've had to be on the phone with a, a, a living human being, then I always love to uh, ask them if they get any sort of kudos for customer compliments. And unless they do an absolutely terrible job, I'll have them transfer me over to their manager. And I'll just say, this person is great. Uh, they should get a raise. They're awesome. Oh, Ben, you are a much better person than me. And I think that will prove out in the scores of the Mach 4 test. Are you prepared? Oh, I'm prepared. Should we say it at the same time? No. Okay. You first. I was 84% Machiavellian. I thought you'd be pretty high. No offense. I was 74. Wow, Ben. You must really think I'm a monster. Well, again, for this whole episode, I'm the one who's saying we shouldn't be so quick to judge. That's true. Or call anybody a monster. Now, to be fair, I answered slightly disagree quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt like it punished me a little unfairly because some of these questions were kind of broad. um, And they didn't really have a hard yes or no answer. Like, you know, no, I would not kill a puppy. But also... I don't really think that everyone is inherently good. I don't think that makes me a bad person. I just think everyone else is kind of a bad person. 
Sure. And there's another, okay, so there are two interesting things about this test that we should definitely point out. First, your results will probably change as if you take this multiple times. And those changes will likely depend upon your mood. So if you are feeling super warm and fuzzy and something really nice has just happened to you, then you're going to be more likely to say that you think all people have some sort of goodness in them, right? This is true. This is true. That's a very good point. Um, and we have kind of missed the most important detail of all uh, to prove whether or not our super producer, Casey, is as much of a monster as I accused him of being at the top of the show. That is true. Super producer Casey Pegram moment has arrived and we are very, very curious to hear your results, sir. All right. Well, I'm actually currently finishing up the last few questions on that extended questionnaire. So I opted in as well as you, Ben. That might give you a, a a little bit of an indicator of which direction we're heading in here. Do you feel good about your choice, though, Casey? I, I was in a very mellow mood just now when I took this. So I'm <laughs> I'm I'm probably going to be uh, more more of the live and let live hippie variety today. And those additional questions to, to paint the scene for everybody, those additional questions are things that will help the researchers. So they don't necessarily deal with Machiavellian stuff. They're more like demographic questions. Uh, do you know the definitions to these words? Those don't affect your score, though. No. no. Your, your score ends before the extra questions. And I just want to point out that hippies can be manipulative, too. Casey, have you heard of the Manson family? <laughs> well, the extended questions are just to give a helping hand to those researchers furthering their work. I'm getting really worked up about this, you guys. Casey, I must know your score. All right. I've just found out seconds ago when I clicked continue. Can you put a could you could you put a drum roll in? Absolutely. All right, and my score is 56. Whoa! Jeez, man. Casey's the best one. He's the best one. I'm, I'm, I'm on the uh, the low end of the curve, actually. Yeah. I'm like on the slope going up to the middle. I'm on the fat part. <laughs> yeah, the, the curve uh, shows us that on aggregate, the, the largest amount is going to be just under 70, it looks like. But does, don't I score points for feeling guilty that I scored so high? But do you really feel guilty or... Is it is it part of the part of the show? Because I could see how Machiavelli or Cotillia might argue that it's smart to signal that. But I also don't think you should feel bad. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> so, well, so we pointed out that the test will probably change depending on your mood. Casey said he was in a mellow mood. It's right? a crap test. <laughs> and and additionally, if somebody is truly Machiavellian, Casey, then it's not hard to engineer a low score on this test, Casey. Oh, I like that. Absolutely. Well, I was kind of, you know, I, I might have been leaning that way a little bit. So to be continued. The proof would be in the pudding of your actions, sir. <laughs> I did not mean that laugh to come out so sinister. See, we, none, none of us knows anymore who we are. We're all doubting and questioning ourselves because of this blasted Internet test. Because we are old friends, I will make a confession to you guys. Mm. I looked up the average beforehand and aimed for that. Wow. And I still got a little bit higher. You son of a son-in-law. Yes, a so-and-so indeed. 
tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. (laughs) Well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? here on Ridiculous History. That's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. It just goes to show that these questions that we're still asking today as individuals, as businesses, as organizations, as governments still were relevant thousands and thousands of years ago and will likely be just as relevant thousands and thousands of years from now. Yeah, and it turns out, um, no surprise, the Arthashastra uh, has played a big role in the political identity and culture of India. Um, it is considered a classic of diplomacy, and there are quite a few universities and some diplomatic offices that have been named after the likely author, Cotillia, to celebrate this work. Right. This is a profoundly important book. And if you if you haven't heard of it before this episode and you happen to enjoy The Prince, we highly recommend you check this out. Again, it's free online. You can get a paperback copy pretty easily via Amazon or your favorite used bookstore. And speaking of The Prince, I just wanted to acknowledge that we are uh, podcasting today the inaugural recording in our new studios 
at HowStuffWorksHQ. Um, you can picture kind of a giant shipping container in a room, um, and Ben and I are inside of that at this lovely mahogany wood table with our new fancy microphones, and we have our own little headphone boxes. And I'm sorry, I'm nerding out about it. I, I kind of set it up, and uh, it's the kind of stuff that excites me. But it's great. And uh, Casey's out there on the outside through the window, and he's got his own mic and got a cool Ikea china ball hanging from the ceiling. And I don't know. Well, the reason I said the Prince is because I think we're going to call this studio Prince. Right. We've arrived. We're uh, we're moving on up. This is this is a big step for us. And we've got to send some pictures out. This is the first studio. I think we can all agree that we would just hang out in for funsies. That's right. It's very, very comfy. And, you know, we're, we'll, we'll hop on the social media train soon and, and post some pictures. I know we have a Facebook group now, don't we? I think the Ridiculous Historians, right? Yes, that is correct. If you are inclined to Facebook, love things both historical and ridiculous, join us. You can see some stuff that uh, may or may not have made it to the air, get a peek behind the scenes, and also hear from some of our peer podcasts. And it's a fun place to share articles that maybe we can delve into for uh, future episodes of the show and if anyone feels inclined to uh, be a moderator if you're into that kind of thing shoot us an email and we'll uh, we'll talk about it and while you're on the internet regardless of your results on the uh, Mach 4 quiz uh, feel free to drop by iTunes or your platform of choice and leave us a review let us know how we're doing it's okay if it's just to manipulate us into liking you as long as it's positive it will totally work Absolutely. I can guarantee that. So this will conclude today's episode, but not our show. Join us next time as we cover the killer marketing campaign behind Guy Fox. V for Vendetta. I just said the name of the movie. I don't know why I just said that. I like the film, though. Yeah, the comic is better. Yeah, the graphic novel is uh, is a fantastic read. As, as a matter of fact, you know, I don't want us to be the people who are always saying the book is better than the movie. But in this case, I think it's true. Uh, not what the episode is about, but we will dig into uh, that fabled uh, British figure um, and his bungled plot. So join us. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on our Facebook page. Or you can write us a good old-fashioned email with your reactions to the story of the Artha Shastra. Have you read both this work and The Prince? If so, how would you rank them? Uh, how do you think they compare or contrast? Let us know. You can write to us directly. We're ridiculous at HowStuffWorks.com. So as always, thanks to our slightly less suffering um, and and totally not evil, unless, you know, he is, uh, super producer Casey Pegram. Um, thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Also, thanks to our regular contributor, Lori L. Dove, the author of Ridiculous History, Ancient India Beat Machiavelli to the Punch by 1,800 Years. And, of course, most importantly... Thanks to you for checking out the show. We can't wait to hear about your score. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways, rolling vineyards, and castled hills, into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. 